2: Good afternoon. Welcome along to Premier League Live on Location. I'm Rebecca Lowe. We're kicking off the new campaign all together here in the UK for the weekend. So, as always, the NBC rotation system comes into play with me in the studio, Graham Lasso, and Robbie Musto. Up on the gantry is our Premier League insider Neil Ashton, but it's to Pitchside where we send you first. So it is over to Robbie Earl, Lee Dixon, Carl Martino and first Arlo White. And Arlo, we'll get to all 20 clubs in a moment during our season preview, but we have to start with the story of the day.
3: Yes, we do, and it's not whether we all get Oscars for our performance in the opening there uh, come Oscar time next year. It's mm. about, of course, Philippe Coutinho and a story that has developed all day today and mm. it's been fast-paced and fast-moving. The Fenway Sports Group saying, definitively not for sale. Mm. Jurgen Klopp saying he's out for the next two games or the back problem and then reports that he's emailed in mm. a transfer request today. Robbie Earle, it's a bit of a mess. They travel to Watford tomorrow. What's your read of the situation?
1: First of all, Ola, the timing of this thing on the eve of a season, an important season for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, Champions League, Premier League titles to go for. And then I talk about the ambitions of this football club although. Do they really want to be in with, with the top team? Do they want to win a title again? Because if they do, you've got to keep your best player, and that means Philip Coutinho. But I just get a sense with the way things are going, and you talk about this reported emailed sort of transfer request
3: from Coutinho. I think he's on his way. Carl, do you sense a race? To the new Camp for a couple of players around (laughs) Europe at the moment.
4: I mean, that's the thing is Barcelona have that Neymar money burning a hole in their pocket, and Dembele at Borussia Dortmund, they're taking their chances with him. I mean, they're almost like uh, Barcelona at this point, uh, a lottery winner deciding between two yachts, and they're bouncing back and forth between Dembele and Coutinho. And if they can get Dembele, I think that mitigates some of their issues, and Liverpool will like that one because they can't possibly sell Coutinho at this point.
5: I think it's a game now, Arlo. I think that the club are paying the game by saying he's not going in. Anywhere mm. that pushes the price up. Barcelona wanna buy the player, the player is now saying I want to go, putting transfer requests. It's all a game and it's all about maximising your ability as a player and also from a from the club's point of view. I don't think they can keep hold of him yeah. now because he's in that position now. Barcelona are calling. I think, yeah. I think he's he will go. I think he has gotta stay. He's, he's gone. Gone. gotta he's go. gone, he's this, gone.
3: This will run and run. There's still Three weeks left of the transfer window as well, isn't there? Rebecca, we've got lots more to come as we build up to the Premier League season and Arsenal. Uh, Leicester here tonight at the Emirates, but for now, we'll send it back up to the studio and yourself.
2: Thank you, gentlemen, very much. We're going to continue the Philip Coutinho conversation. What will the end result be for you, Graham, in this? Well, I think
6: when a player hands in a transfer request, that is pretty much the ultimatum. I think it says... Quite often, certainly you know, historically, um, when when clubs are negotiating, and it will be reluctantly if Liverpool do sell them, of course it will be, but I think when Barcelona comes knocking and they offer the sort of money they're prepared to offer for Coutinho, he then hands in a transfer request. I think if they do let him go, Liverpool, um, it means that they can say it wasn't our fault, we tried to keep him, he handed in a transfer request and therefore we had to let him go. The problem... Coutinho's got is now he's played his last card. Mm. So it's whether or not Klopp will hold out and the club will hold out or he'll get what he wants, which is a move to the best club in the world.
0: It's changed now because the ownership FSG made a very definitive statement. He is not going anywhere. He's not for sale at any price. Klopp's done the same thing. So now it goes, they've almost battered away Barcelona and now the players play on the emotional card. Listen, you've got to let me go. You know, I want to further my career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They haven't got to do it. For me, s- still say to him, you know what? We appreciate your desires. We want to have a run at the title. We want to keep you here. And it, But then becomes whether he's going to be a player that's going to rock the boat, force a move, or is he going to be somebody, Graham? I and I think he would be. You know what? Yeah, he's going to be fed up after the first few weeks, but he'll get on with his job and do a, have a good
6: season for Liverpool. I think he stays. I think if somebody, so if somebody says to him, you're going to be the next Neymar if you come to Barcelona... That's a big uh, big head-turner.
2: Yeah, if we hear anything more on this story, of course, we will bring it to you. But for now, let's go back to the gantry up above us here at the Emirates Stadium. Our Premier League insider Neil Ashton is waiting patiently to talk to us about this summer's new rule change. Neil, talk us through it because it's an interesting one.
7: It certainly is. Hi, Rebecca. It's great to be back. It's all in here. It's all in the media essentials, which has been handed out uh, to the media by the FA, but it's also crucially been handed out to every single player playing in the Premier League. Now, this relates to the success- successful deception of a match official through simulation, exaggeration or feigning injury. So this comes into effect this season. I think you'd say in old money, in English, this is diving or this is cheating. This is where a player has successfully done it during a game when a match official hasn't caught him, but the FA later look at this incident and decide to put it through their three-man independent panel, which is an ex-professional footballer, ex-referee, ex-manager. And they have to jointly decide, but independently whether or not they believe that a player has tried to deceive a referee to win a penalty or to or, or to get an opponent sent off and if all three of those players manager ex-referee officials are in agreement then that player faces a two match automatic suspension that rule coming into force this season I think everybody's just getting a little bit fed up last season Rebecca of one or two players just getting a little bit of a name for themselves creating a little bit of a reputation creating a stir and of course the media seizing on it the FA have decided to do something about it I just wonder who's going to be the first but that comes into effect this evening this game between Arsenal and Leicester City and we'll see whether whether When the first player comes into action, the two-match suspension waiting for the first diver of the season, Rebecca.
2: Yeah, that'll be fascinating to watch that develop. More from Neil Ashton throughout the show. We will have a build-up to Arsenal against Leicester to come. And as soon as the team news arrives, by the way, we'll bring that to you. But now it's the season preview. We're going to touch on all 20 clubs in the order in which they finished in the Premier League last season. We do have a clock, gentlemen, and Robbie oh, Musto's no. dreaded whistle, which means when the whistle goes, you've got to stop talking. We're going to power on through, starting with the champions, Chelsea, talking about the big story at Stamford Bridge this season, the striking situation. Diego Costa no longer going to play for the club. He's not even training at the club. Uh, in has come Alvaro Mor- Gratter, younger same number of league appearances over the last three seasons, fewer goals for the new man but more trophies overall. First of all on Costa Gremler, so how do you feel it's been handled considering Antonio Conte sent him a text message in June saying you're not going to be wanted back?
6: Well I think you have to go back to Christmas to the January transfer window where Costa agitated for a move then and and Conte and the players handled that situation brilliantly. They kept him on board, he ended up being 20 goals in the season and making a massive contribution to Chelsea winning the league. I think the situation, get to the end of the season, Conte would have been infuriated that somebody tried to step out of that group. The team is everything and I think he couldn't wait just to be cold, callous and get rid of him and just cut him out of that team um, and that's, that's what he's done.
2: In Alvaro Morata, Robbie, how convinced are you they've got a good replacement?
0: I'm not convinced, and I think that re- that Chelsea's season depends on it. I mean, even when you see them there, Costa's ugly and horrible and, and Maratta's kind of pretty and a nice kind of guy, apparently. So He says nice I, things about you too. Yeah, I worry, Rebecca, that he's not aggressive enough, athletic enough and durable enough for this really intense Premier League. And, and we've seen a little
2: bit... Yeah, as always, you get cut off by the whistle. This could be a running theme, I warn you. At least they have got a new player, though. Unlike, I'm afraid, Tottenham fans, look at this graphic. At the top, you've got City spending nearly $300 million so far, so far this summer. Then you've got the other top uh, six clubs, and down at the bottom there, Tottenham with no money spent. If you're a Spurs fan, Graham, you're worried, aren't you? And you're a bit angry.
6: Well, the thing is, Spurs, I think, have been fantastic over the last two seasons. They've got a good squad... They're young. There's sort of a lot of homegrown players. So I think what they've been building has been absolutely fantastic. And I don't necessarily think they needed to buy... Many new players. Obviously, Walker going is disappointing. The biggest thing for me is that whole spirit of that team is built on togetherness and growing together. And what Danny Rose has done in the last few days, he is in jeopardy of destroying all of that. And that's far more damaging to Spurs than, I think, any transfer.
2: Danny Rose has basically yeah. agitated to leave in an interview. Yeah. Today, he has apologised for those words amongst many. He said he, he, he wants to get what he is worth. Your thoughts? <laughs>
0: It's out there now, and the biggest shame would be if Spurs, after doing this great progression, this brilliant project with these young players, starts to unravel. Players start to want to leave because they probably could earn more money at other clubs. In terms of signing players, I think they should sign players. They're on a roll right now. They've had two brilliant seasons, more players just to add in to keep it rolling on. It's going to come down to Daniel Levy again with finances, with money. He's got to keep the best players happy okay. cash. Okay.
2: Okay, you got better there. You almost made it. Third place, Manchester City last season. They're in and out. They've been very busy. In has come the likes of Carl Walker, Benjamin Mendy, Bernardo Silva. Big money paid out and early as well. Gone are some big names. Ian Iannaccio, Joe Hart out on loan to West Ham and some other big names released as well. Robbie, I'm going to come to you first because it's only fair. They've done their business early. (laughs) Have you been impressed?
0: Yeah, really impressed. I mean, they spent incredible amounts of money. So much money you wouldn't believe for fullbacks, but that's what they needed. And then Benjamin Mendy down the left-hand side with Carl Walker's pace on the right-hand side and the fit Vincent Kompany that maybe is the most important part of their defensive unit. They are much better defensively. And as we know, amazing attack, uh, attacking options there with the ability of Jesus and Aguero to play together in, in different systems and the most creative squad of players in the league,
6: bar none. Brian? I just think they went big, they went early, they identified their targets and they got them with no no nonsense and they, they spent a huge amount of money. They've got a new goalkeeper as well, $45 million on Edison. He's going to be important to them. As we saw last season, Guardiola wasn't happy with his goalkeepers and he likes to play out from the back. And I think if they can get that consistency in the back line, as Robbie says, they've got incredible creativity. They go down for me as... One of the big favourites, if not the favourites. You've got season. to
0: learn, I think, at times, to grind through games, whether it's a 45-minute game or a 15-minute period where they're under the cosh. Just just manage games a little bit differently.
2: And you've got to learn to talk to the whistle. That was perfect. Still. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we're going we're to need a little break after that. It's so fast moving. We're going to take you down pitch side, just over my shoulder, down to the left, and speak to the chaps. And Arlo, you're going to carry on with our little run through the league and start with Liverpool. <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, a bit of musty time. There. Don't, time. Don't yeah, worry. Just keep going for an extra four or five yeah. seconds on each one. Let's get right into way. Liverpool then. 20 days remaining, as we've said, in the transfer window. So Salah came in early, Solanke from Chelsea, Robertson are all in. Will that out column? contain the name of Coutinho and, and Lee we touched on it at the start of the show will that define Liverpool's season even at this early stage
5: well it depends who they get in if he does go in his replacement and that's a difficult bit they've got to spend the money that prices will be inflated i think it is about Coutinho i'm not sure about Liverpool defensively i know Kyle really likes them they've progressed under Klopp i think they will progress again if Coutinho leaves that makes all the difference the signings that have come in won't make
3: as big a difference as him leaving. There's no marquee signing so far, Robin. They wanted to get Van Dijk in early, and they made a bit of a mess of that one as well. So where do you see them? I just see them,
1: um, although, look at depth. I think... 13, 14 players, yeah, don't think they have the quality below that. Other thing I think about with Liverpool, have they got the personality, the drivers? Robbie have said about Man City, winning some ugly games and making it done. The other thing that worries me with, with Liverpool, and with that situation again, injuries. There always seems to be key injuries to key players that holds them back. Continuous Liber- the, <laughs> the difference between a title race
3: and a
4: top-four race, and that means he's priceless. <laughs> Brilliantly done! Carl. You've done this
3: before, haven't you?
4: Fantastic. So. Just you before do it. the
3: whistle. Let's move on to Arsenal. We're at their home here, the Emirates. Arsene Wenger claimed in the summer having players in the final year of contracts is ideal. Well, this is an ideal situation then, isn't it? With seven players in the final year of their contracts. Where do you see Arsenal? The, the soap opera ended. Arsene's here for two more years. Where do you see them this season? Uh,
4: I just wonder which Arsenal we're going to see. We're going to see the one at Wembley in the FA Cup against Chelsea that looked the best team in the league. Are we going to? To see the one we see in january and february that that just disappoints at the most crucial moments now class i mean this guy is a beast he's going to be like running towards the goal like the ultimate warrior towards the <laughs> stage and and you look at uh lacazette is the goal scorer they've been longing for 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 a while so can they just exercise those demons and finally become the team that they're capable of being lee are you buying that they're over the worst last season
5: Well, time will tell, and Lacazette has scored goals. Can he score goals in the Premier League? Still, we don't know that. We'll find out in a few weeks' time. Is Arsene Wenger settled down? He's changed the staff at the back of uh, behind the scenes. Is that going to make a difference? We know that. But I still think there's a lot of questions to be asked. I'm very optimistic, because I always am, five
3: four (laughs) three three. we trust confusion gone (laughs) titles are coming back beautifully done beautifully done let's move it on to Manchester United Wayne Rooney his 13 year stint at Old Trafford ended Romelu Lukaku could cost 116 million dollars in the end Matic great for United potentially, a head-scratcher for Chelsea fans. Lee, are they genuine title contenders this year? There's no
5: doubt about that, that they are. Lukaku will get goal. he'll get chances and he'll get goals. Can he be that man we all expect him to be for 75-odd million? Uh, Matic, for me, is a signing of, of a genius manager. I think the fact that he's brought him in front of the back four will make mm. all the difference to United. I still think they'll get picked by City, though.
4: Kyle? I think that um, I'm just not as optimistic as Lee in terms of Last year, they were 24 points off of Chelsea. And don't tell me it was the Europa League. They only focused on that when they were miles out of the title race and were struggling for the top four. Can they gain that much ground while everyone else is getting stronger is my big question. Matic is so important. He solves a problem. Back four will be better for him. Pogba now can go
1: and influence the game where he wants to. They've got a 20-goal scorer in Romelu Lukaku. Zlatan might still be part of the equation. Mm. They're talking about they offering co- him a contract second half of the season. And here's my point. Jose Mourinho has had worse squads than this Manchester United squad and won major silverware. Yeah, but no, right cha- in a Champions
3: yes or no? Champions yes or no? Yes. Oh, you got it. Oh, that's in- a awesome. You're going to you're gonna have to save it for another time. Look behind <laughs> us here at the Emirates. We're just less than 90 minutes away from kickoff of the 2017 18 Premier League season. Jamie Vardy and the fairy tale foxes of two seasons ago are out on the field preparing. Stay with us for more striker talk.
7: Wake up every morning and have a cup of tea. Marmalade on toast for breakfast. It's the life for me.
4: The kids will wake me up
0: about 7 o'clock, uh, so I'll try and hide from them for as long as possible. I always like to have a bowl of porridge. For me, it's very difficult to, to eat. We go to the training ground around 11 a.m. Uh, I give a bit of tension. We will obviously have a pre-match meal together, uh, so we do everything as a team, really. treat it as uh, the same as any other day, so that the pressure and... Um, doesn't come too early. It used to be just turn up at half one on a on a Saturday for the game at three o'clock, but uh, now it's a lot more professional. <laughs> if I'm watching on television, my morning routine is walk the dog, <laughs>
5: walk the dog, calm down. I like to watch them on my own actually. Get myself into my favourite chair and
6: uh, block out all in distractions. Sometimes when I stay with my daughter, with my wife, they like don't like. I don't like to watch football with with me. If it's
0: a big game I'll get the the lads around and we'll make a day of it, you know, this is we'll do some lunch as well, so
3: it's usually the routine. That was a lot of fun, the Premier League season launch on Wednesday in London. Well, tomorrow we'll be spending our morning in Brighton. We're live from the Amex all day. The day starts with Watford, Liverpool at 7.30 Eastern. That's on NBCSN. Then at 10, the champions Chelsea host Burnley, while Stoke visit Everton on CNBC and at 12.30 on NBC Brighton hosts their first ever Premier League match this should be terrific they're taking on Manchester City but for now back to our preview we continue with our season preview and Everton who've had quite a summer look at the ins and outs very very busy indeed Steve Walsh getting it done as he did at Leicester City as head of recruitment Pickford and Keane the pick of them Lukaku though and his 25 goals are gone Robbie are they stranded Everton on seventh place island? well a good start
1: might might tell us something different £125 million spent very early on. A lot of players down the, the spine of the team. Young players who are going to bring youth in and enthusiasm. They've lost Lukaku's goal. They've brought these players in. Taught that Gilfie Sigerson could go. Wayne Rooney might be inspired business. Everton have the ability to gatecrash that top six.
5: I think they sign really well. I like what Koeman's done. I think the goalkeeper's are going to be an excellent mm. goalkeeper. Slightly different playing at a big club. No disrespect to his last club, but a big club week in, week out concentration more vital and save it, saving the ball, because he's going to have a lot of shot, less shots to save. I think Klaassen, I think, if Dennis Burkamp says, you should go and play in the Premier League, then. and, he, and he's a fan of him, Then I'm a fan of classes.
4: <laughs> and Manchester United, Rooney had to give way for Robin Van Persie, Cristiano Ronaldo, Vinistaroy. He wouldn't be able to be a number nine for them consistently. Maybe that happens for Everton. If he can do that, he still has goals in him.
3: Far too disciplined, that chap.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Let> me a <laughs> second
3: at the end as well. By the way, how good does the Premier League trophy look mm. alongside us with those Chelsea ribbons on it? Let's move on to Southampton. So who is new manager Maurizio Pellegrino well he was Rafa Benitez his former assistant at Liverpool at Inter Milan he took Alaves un-fancy to ninth in La Liga and a Copa del Rey final last season we talk about teams going into the season uh, with uncertainty and key players and Virgil van Dijk is one of those he's got a virus and he won't be playing uh, for the time being how do you see them faring maybe with this cloud over them going into the season Rob?
1: It's another season um, although another year we don't particularly know the manager another year we're talking about big stars leaving in the football club, it was Mane and Wanyama last season, This time it's Virgil van Dijk I'm going to have a new flag not only in Arsenal do we trust in Les Reed we trust in terms of the players he brings in the recruitment and the manager involved they
3: will have to have no problem and I think they'll be comfortable mid-table Well it's interesting because they've been hovering about that sort of space in the Premier League for a while can they take that extra step up this season
5: well I just reading what Mr Kruger the chairman said that we don't have to sell anymore we're now at a level where we can keep our players we've been building for three or four years letting players go now we've got youth coming through well good luck keeping Van Dyke because I I think he's gone as well so this it's a big year for him they've got a new manager as he said can they can they keep that 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 uh, th- that, 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 <laughs> that, 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 that. No. up going, yes!
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's his face for the end of that sentence? Let's stay on the South Coast and we'll go to Bournemouth. What a season they had last year. The best in their history. Ninth place. Bravo, Eddie Howe, and some good business done as well. Plenty of Premier League experience. Ake is back. Begovic, the goalkeeper. And Jermaine Defoe, potentially, Kyle, the signing of the summer, if uh-huh. it goes well. I'm looking at Earl. <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> that's, that's my Earl. boy right Yeah, That's my boy. How psyched
4: are you? Oh, man. I mean, that's that's a good signing at this point. Obviously, at his age, there's question marks, but he keeps getting the goals. And, and this side where there's support for him, you know, King, Wilson coming back from injury, they can rotate that position. But the biggest thing with them, forget those names, and there's some good names on that list that kept Eddie Howe. That, that's just enormous. They were able to mm. keep him on board. I'm just going to say the best mm. signing is Eddie Howe
5: because I think they got to ninth last year. I think what he's building there, the attention to detail with his players. Mm. I've heard about how yeah. he treats his players and how, how he wants the players to improve. Defoe, I can improve you as a player at the ripe old age he is. So I think Eddie Howe's a big signing for him.
1: One day Eddie Howe might be sitting in a seat not too far <laughs> from us and in the home dugout. That's how good this guy's been. Simon Francis says this guy's attention to detail in his man managing, mm. working with every individual player is something very, very special and, and when pros are saying that, you know you've got a good manager. Late top half, yes or no for Bournemouth.
5: Oh!
3: That was me. (laughs) (laughs) I messed up the question. Well, there you go. That's uh, six more teams that we've got through there, Rebecca. We'll send it back up to you to continue the season
2: preview. Thank you very much, Arlo, and we're going to continue with the team that finished in 10th position alongside Graham Lusser and Robbie Musto here, and that is West Bromwich Albion. They've been a very much middle-of-the-road team, mid-table team over the last seven seasons, but last season was their best finish, as you can see at the bottom of the screen there in 10th, for four years. So, as we cross up to the gantry above me here at the Emirates Stadium and bring in our Premier League insider Neil Ashton once more, Neil, you would think, therefore, that everybody was happy at West Bromwich Albion and Tony Pulis today signing an extended deal, am I right?
7: Yes, he did sign a new contract, but he's not happy with the number of signings that West Brom have made over the summer. And I think £12 million for Jay Rodriguez. He wants more than that, Rebecca. You mentioned that 10th place finish last season. He wants more players to make sure they finish in that 10th place in the upper reaches of the Premier League again this season. I don't think it helps when you lose one of your best players. Of course, Darren Fletcher lose, moving to Stoke City at the start of the summer. But also when Tony Pulis discovers that the, new, the club's new owners, Gushan Lahey, from china is worth about four million american dollars rebecca so when you kind of hear those kind of sums when you realize that your owner is of that kind of wealth of those of that kind of means that you expect some investment in the squad and it just hasn't arrived with the exception of jay rodriguez and tony pulis looking at his side an aging side an aging west brom squad i think you look at the central midfielder jacob chris brunt at the back as well those players They just want to start phasing them out and bringing in some young players. I think Tony Pulis just beginning to get a little bit agitated. Sign that new contract, things can't be that bad. But he wants to see players in before the end of the transfer window.
2: Okay, Neil, back with you shortly. Robbie Musso, my mission then is for you to try and give some positivity to West Brom fans out there.
0: Well... (laughs) Last season was positive. You know, we we sat and talked about how they developed and Matt, Matt Phillips had come into the club. Right. Nasser Chadli from Spurs and they were attacking more, scoring more goals. Keep it going. So I understand it. I agree with Neil and I agree, I guess, with the manager that's frustrated because the fans just starting to get a little bit of fun and entertainment at, at the Hawthorns now... Like, there's a, there's a there's a stand, you know, there's nothing going on. But there is time left, of
6: course, to add players. You it? feel that the club and the players need to be liberated a little bit more. A few more well, players more going forwards. To... They, yeah, but they, they defensively, they're 4-5-1. But, always... but he doesn't do that. And they get to 40 points and they switch off. They're useless after they get to 40 points. They picked up five points in the last, I don't know, how many games. But I think that he needs to show that he's prepared to be a bit more creative. He's got to have... you know, a real discussion with the owners and say, look, we need these specific players in order for me to play more progressive football because otherwise they're a team of four centre-backs who rely on set-pieces and only think about 40 points.
2: Okay, but the season is starting and you say they haven't spent much money. Talking about money and spending, West Ham United, interesting business they've done. Marko Anatovic from Stoke up to £32.5 in the end on loan Joe Hart. Javier Hernandez and Pablo Zabaleta. Chicharito, Javier Hernandez. That is an exciting signing. And in terms of how much he costs, $21 million, you have to say, Robbie, pound for pound, that's decent.
0: Really good. I mean, one of the teams has done the best business. And I think when you throw in Mikel Antonio, Manuel Lanzini, to play-in behind Javier Hernandez, and Artific from the left-hand side, it's pretty good. It's... So the excuse is now gone for the manager. We had the new stadium last year, Graham, didn't we? And the Dimitri Payet situation was awful. And it kind of, you kind of felt for the manager a little bit. They're demanding owners. They've got a good squad of players. They've been back to the transfer
6: market. Now is the time to deliver for West Ham United. Yeah, and I think they've got the platform, as Robbie says, with the new stadium. They've got all of that sort of um, uh, system built in there now. So they've got that consistency that, they can, that they've learnt about their new environment. Um, and, and as far as the shape of the team, I think they've got a very solid team. I like Cresswell. Always liked him as a left-back. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of creativity, um, some youth as well, and, and talent. And they balance that now with a lot of experience. And they could be a team um that could do you know, as we would expect them to have done a couple of years ago, if do far better
0: than they If they, they, they don't start
6: year. well by the way, Slavon Bennett should be a man under pressure
0: because there was a period of time last year where he yeah. was under pressure.
2: OK. Leicester City, a couple of years ago champions of course, last season all went horribly wrong so they fired Claudio Ranieri and brought in Craig Shakespeare on a temporary basis. He did really well as these stats show you and then in June he was made permanent manager because he got them to 12th in the league. In your opinion Graham was that a good decision by the club? Oh
6: absolutely it was because what he did he, he the, the dressing room was in chaos by by looks of things, and the results were appalling. They couldn't win away from home. And, um, and I think Shakespeare coming in, he knew the players well. He's been at the club a long time. And as soon as renieri was, was gone, the spirit of the club changed. They became more positive. And you saw that commitment from the players, the work rate, the effort. And they've got quality. They've won the league before. They've kept a core of that group that won the league. So they've got the potential there. I'm looking forward to seeing Ndidi this season because obviously replacing Kante was going to be the, was the hardest thing for them when he went to Chelsea. I think Ndidi started to show signs towards the end of last season that he was capable of developing into that role, Robbie. Mm.
0: <laughs> and, and also, the fun times are over, Rebecca. League titles, Champions League campaigns, all that's gone now. So what's the real Leicester City? They've made good signings and Harry Maguire at the back. Uh, Vicente Vibora could play in midfield mm. as well. So they've strengthened each line of the team. So I expect a good season for Leicester City. And I like Craig Shakespeare, Shakespeare and I'm pleased he's got the, the opportunity to continue the, uh, with the job. And I think they'll finish... Easily top ten.
2: Robbie, you're improving with this whistle I thing. I am dragging on a little thing. bit. I know you I slowed down. And we're going to continue our season preview with Stoke City. The last four Premier League seasons. What a drop-off. Look at that. Ninth, three seasons in a row. And then last season, they finished on just 44 points and in 13th position. My question, Graham, sir, about Stoke City is, what are they trying to be?
6: The question around identity is one, I think, that you do have to ask because they were known as a very physical, robust, strong team. Mark Hughes, who's in his fifth season at Spurs, has tried to bring in quality over the last couple of seasons. Creative players got them to get the ball down a little bit and play football through Shaqiri and Boyan, people like that. They've got rid of Anatovic. They've got rid of Walters. They haven't made a huge amount of replacements. Fletcher's come in. Zuma's come in. I think they need to find a really strong sense of identity, who they are, and get playing decent football, get that run of consistency going.
0: But I think that, that they, they would say that they are trying to be more of a footballing side. Mm. And we have seen that, but it's gone a little bit stale for me. I mean, Robby will cause him sexy stoke. It's more like stale stoke. And when you sell one of your best players in an out then I'm thinking, OK, who's going to be the main man? Mikey. Mm. Okay.
2: Well, no one knows oh. we've got to finish. We've got to move on to Crystal Palace to talk about their new manager, Frank De Boer. Let's take a little look if you don't know much about him. The playing career will look at that full of honours with Ajax and Barcelona and the national team as well in Holland as a manager six years at Ajax. Didn't last long at Inter, but Palace fans are excited. You may have noticed we've cut the time down to 45 seconds because we all talk too much. <laughs> um, your thoughts on Frank de Bois, please.
0: Uh, I like it, and I like Steve Parish's optimism. I like his bravery to say, you know what, I want to take this club forward. I want to play a different style. I'm going to bring a manager in to do that. I think that the excitement will come a little bit.
6: Uh, Pardew tried to do it, of course, and he failed in terms of the expansive football and the results. But I like it. I'm actually a little bit worried because I think it took Big Sam to come in and shake that place up to save Crystal Palace, to keep them in the Premier League last season. I think Frank de Boer, he plays, you know, he comes from a football pedigree, which is fantastic. He's going to have to get those players working for him very early on and understanding his philosophy. There's talk of him playing a back three. There's talk of him changing the style in which they play. And I think that that might be all right at some clubs. I don't know if it's right for Crystal Palace. Yeah, I said it's going to be a step-by-step thing.
2: Yeah, is there time for Mm step-by-step? Oh, they had beautiful (laughs) new suits for a beautiful new season, and now they're (laughs) drenched. Arlo, back down to you guys.
3: But unfortunately, Lee's lost that pace over the opening five yards. He got absolutely down. How many murals do you need of yourself outside this stadium? I know
5: the groundsman as well. (laughs) Give me a little wink and then he just turned the
6: tap.
3: Let's uh, go to Swansea City then uh, and see what they've got in store for us this season. The Maradurial merry-go-round last year, wasn't it? Guidlin out after seven games. Bob Bradley, 11 games. He's now at LAFC. Paul Clement pulled off a miracle. Robbie Earle, Mm. do they need a miracle this season as well? They do, but I thought they bought well in, in January. Lots of Carroll,
1: Ols, Olsen, are you helped them out and kept them in the league. They've got a good young manager in Paul Clements, who, who I believe in. I think he'll coax them out of trouble. I think Swans are going to be OK. E- Sigurdsson might go there.
5: That's
3: the thing, even without Sigurdsson.
5: Two words, Sigurdsson of ego's massive loss, but I, th- I agree with uh, Robbie. Clement, he's the one. He had a great season uh, ending. He, he, he got them out of relegation, and I think that will, that, that will happen again this season.
4: They have a miracle. It's I mean, <laughs> If you look at what he's done for their team since he's been there, he's responsible basically either scoring or assisting half of their goals. They absolutely can't afford to lose that guy. Okay, let's head on to Burnley.
3: And uh, a team that narrowly avoided relegation, I suppose. But it was pretty comfortable in the end, let's be honest. What an mm. achievement for Sean Dyche. 16th with 40 points. Incredible form at Turf Moor. But, and here's the worry, is this spine, has it gone with Keane and Barton and Gray, who were sold yesterday to potential relegation rivals Watford. How do you see Burnley going?
1: Well, they brought in Bardsley, they brought in Walters and they bought in Jack Cork. They're not going to sell too many shirts off the back of those three, (laughs) but Sean Dyche knows the kind of players, reliable, solid citizens. Again, won't be easy, but I think Burnley will have enough to
3: stay in the league. You used to play there. Can they repeat that home form? Do they need to?
5: They need to, and I don't think they can without Keane and Gray. I think it's as simple as that. Yes, Sean Dyche, big fan of his, but I think they're
4: in big trouble.
3: He's going to have to really get into these guys, isn't he, Carl? This is a very, very tough season ahead for Burnley. I
4: think they're in trouble. They didn't need experience. They need goals. They're the lowest scoring team that survived, and they just sold nine goals. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot for, for a team like Burnley they need that to stay up. So if they don't replace him with someone that can score a permanent goals, trouble.
3: Beautifully done, Carl. Thank you very much indeed. Well, Sean Dyche is at Burnley. He was at Watford when the Pozzo family took over. He lasted uh, not too long before he was given the flick. The Pozzo family, they've appointed eight managers in five years since taking over the club. Marco Silva is the latest. He narrowly failed to keep a hole in the Premier League uh, last season. Marco Silva, it was an interesting choice for him. Mm-hmm. He would have been courted by a lot of clubs during the summer and he chose what what can he do there?
5: Well he's done a massive thing and he's signed Grey, we've just talked about him leaving Mm. one club and he's signed goals and I think he's, I think he'll get the respect, the difficulty is nine managers in since 2012, yeah. it's, a, it's an astonishing turnaround of managers. I think that does unsettle players,
3: I really do, but I think now Watford have got enough to stay up. How long can they keep this going with the managerial merry-go-round?
1: I don't think you can keep on changing your mind and expect any long-term success, but to get Silver was brilliant. He's brought in lots likes of Chalaber from Chelsea, Will Hughes from Derby, good young players who can play in midfield, but this is a club in 2017, Arlo, that was going backwards. They've
4: got to change the way a
3: whole
1: rhythm of the Since football Since they
4: world. lost to Gallo, Dini's needed a partner. He's got one now. Yeah,
3: I wonder if Watford have enough to stay up uh, this season. So we're down to just the new boys uh, to look out for in this Premier League uh, preview show. Carl, we say goodbye to you. You're heading up to the gantry. We'll call the game uh, together. Arsenal against Leicester. Looking forward to that. Speaking of the new boys, Rafa's back. Chris huttons back. And a new boy at Huddersfield, David Wagner. Back with Rebecca next.
2: If you're just tuning in, welcome back to a brand new Premier League season. We're live in North London at the Emirates. Arsenal Leicester kicking off in just under an hour. It'll be the first game of the new season and I have literally just been told the team news is in. We haven't yet got it built for you because it's literally just come in. But I can tell you the key points are Mesut Ozil, despite having an injury in the last few weeks and uh, not signing a new deal, he starts. Alexander Lacazette makes his uh, Premier League debut. Sead Kolasinac as well at the back makes his Premier League debut. That's the Key news for Arsenal. For Leicester, Ria Mara starts, despite wanting away. Jeremy Vardy is in. A debut at the back for Harry Maguire. And big money signing Ian Iheanacho from last week. He starts on the bench for Leicester. That's the key team news. We'll bring you the full formations just as soon as we can. We're going to continue, though, with our season preview with the new boys, Newcastle United. They're new this season, but we know all about them, of course. Rafa Benitez is their manager. And what a career he's had, by the way, at the likes of Valencia, where he won two La Liga titles and the UEFA Cup, the Champions League with Liverpool. Europa League with Chelsea. He really has done well wherever he has been. He's now at Newcastle United as we take you back up to the gantry here at the Emirates and bring our Premier League insider Neil Ashen back on the show. And you don't get the sense though, Neil, that Rafa is a happy man. <laughs>
7: He's definitely not a happy man, Rebecca, because you just mentioned his pedigree, those clubs that he's managed, Valencia, Inter Milan, Napoli, Real Madrid, Liverpool. When he's been able to spend big money, he's been able to build a team to fight for a title, to fight in Europe. He won't be able to do that in Newcastle United. And intriguingly today, Mike Ashley, the owner of Newcastle United, he just snapped. He just said, enough is enough. He never, ever gives media interviews, but he's done exactly that with Sky Sports today. And what he said is, I just don't have that kind of money. I can't compete with the Abu Dhabi group who own Manchester City. I can't write a cheque for £200 million sterling. I just haven't got those kind of deep pockets. He's a very fabulously wealthy man, Mike Ashley he's made it clear today, he doesn't have the kind of money that he can compete at the very top at the top of the table, at the Premier League table with Chelsea, with Manchester United, with Manchester City he doesn't have those resources Rafa Benitez has got to sell players before he can bring players in, that's what the constraints of working at Newcastle United, I think Rafa Benitez undoubtedly, having gotten them promoted from the Championship last season, he's got the supporters on side and that's where Mike Ashley is going to lose any kind of popularity contest in the North East but it's going to be a difficult, troubled and turbulent season for Newcastle United, Rafa Benitez and Mike Ashley, Rebecca.
2: Neil, lovely to have you back on the show for the new season. We'll catch up soon. Good to see you guys. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks there to Neil Ashton. So, Newcastle United, things don't sound very happy. Do you think Rafa Benitez realised this situation or do you think he's been shocked?
6: Well, I thought it was a fantastic coup, first of all, that they managed to keep him when they got relegated. I thought that was a tremendous bit of business by Mike Ashley. Um... I think it must have come to a surprise to Benitez that he wasn't going to have more money to spend when they got promoted as champions in the championship. So Benitez doesn't strike me as someone who would just come out and say something for the sake of it and cause trouble. I think he's quite a consistent guy. And I'm surprised that he hasn't been backed more to keep this team in the I, Premier League. I thought he said he was going to give them
0: everything that they got through player sales and through the, the promotion and the money that came with it. And we haven't seen anything yet. Nothing has come to the football club that's going to get the Poults racing those on Tyneside. You look at the front players. Dwight Gare was excellent last year, got 23 goals. we got Mitrovic, you got Ayosi Perez. Players that were here two years ago, ...that didn't do the business. So that has to be the concern.
2: OK, the two really new boys, of course, Brighton and Huddersfield. Let's talk Brighton and Hove Albion, first of all. What do you need to know about them? Well, established way back in 1901, it's their first ever season in the Premier League. They've not been in the top flight since 1982-83. We know a bit about their manager. He was a Premier League manager with Newcastle and Norwich City. Glenn Murray, top scorer for them last season with 23 league goals... ...and they finished as runners-up in the Championship last season. It's a good story. They almost went out of business not too many years ago. Now they're in the Premier League. It's
6: fantastic. And I think they're a slow and steady club. They've been building for many years. They've worked really closely with the community. The stadium is fantastic. They've built that. And they've got a process-driven programme that means by getting into the Premier League, they've been close before, by getting in there. One, I think they've got quite a good chance of staying up. You're not so sure. No, I'm not so sure. But two, I think if they do go down, they're prepared for that as well. So they're not going to be one of these clubs that suddenly throws a load of money at something and then lives to regret it. Like all teams promoted, Rebecca,
0: they'll have the euphoria from promotion, and, and and I can speak from personal experience, that really, really helps in the first few games. They need to get off to a good start. Mm. Pascal Gross player that played in the Bundesliga last year or a player number 10, a playmaking guy that can assist and score. He's going to be critical for them.
2: Over time, once again, Huddersfield Town, the, the final what? team to talk about. Another new boy, their first season as well in the Premier League. They've not been in the top flight of English football since the early 70s. They finished fifth in the championship. Last season came up through the playoffs. Their head coach, German-American David Wagner, appointed in 2015. And Robbie, you rate this guy, don't you? I do.
0: I'm kind of excited. When you, when you listen to him speak, I think he's got that kind of energy about him. And, and, and what I would say is don't underestimate the guy that can get a minnow tiny club promoted into the Premier League because we've seen it with Eddie Howe, with Bournemouth. We're thinking, well, they, there's no chance. But clever managers can do great things. And I think, you know, it's going to be really hard for them, but they've got a chance with this guy in charge.
6: I think it is going to be hard because they won only three of their last 10 games in the championship. They finished the season with minus two but got a lot of new goal players. difference. They have. But I just think that the amount of quality that they're going to need in order to survive, I think they're going to be one of the teams that maybe does find it difficult this season.
2: Okay, gentlemen, it's been wonderful. Great season preview. Thank you very much indeed. We hope you enjoy it. Bye for now.